regular listeners of the podcast have probably heard the names Dawkins, Beatrice, Pearl Gray. You've probably heard them running around in the background or squeaking toys in our face while we're trying to talk. There are our unofficial third podcast hosts at this point. They're on. They're on so much. Basically, uh, they're our four-legged friends. They're our little dogs, and we love them. And because we love them, we give them BarkBox. We love BarkBox in this house. We call it Puppy Christmas. Yeah, every month uh, you're going to get a bag of treats, a, a special extra treat, plus a themed toy. They're always super fun themes. Sometimes they're based on movies. Sometimes they're they're just goofy and fun. My favorite one was uh, Ghostface from uh, the Halloween box recently. Or Sheet-Faced. Oh. I'm sorry. Sheet-Faced? Yes. See, that's the kind of fun you get with BarkBox. If you love your four-legged friend as much as we do, make sure you give them BarkBox. And you can get an extra month by signing up for a new subscription at BarkBox.com slash Cultusplat. That's BarkBox.com slash Cultusplat. everybody uh welcome back and welcome back to us uh we are back happy new year happy 2023 this is cult of splat i am your host taylor bartle joined once again by my co-host kevin nesgoda woo we're back happy christmas new year all of above hanukkah being better festivus kwanzaa kwanzaa winter solstice all that good stuff Chinese New Year's coming up, I think. Isn't that in like April? I thought it was like February 1st. Oh, maybe. I honestly have no idea. Yeah, neither do I. It's not like China's a major country in the world or anything like that with, you know, a third of the population, basically. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, sir? I'm good. You? Not so bad. Feeling better? Thank God. That flu was no joke. And yeah, yes, I, I mean, part of the reason the <laughs> part of the reason that uh, we haven't been around for a while is uh, well, it was because of the holidays, but also because Kevin was sick. Uh, but he's he's on the mend now, so I'm, here we are. I'm at like seventy five percent. As soon as we are done recording this, I'm going to bed. And just so you know, everybody, it's like eight thirty at night as <laughs> we're recording. Yep. Uh, today we are talking about another horror movie. Uh, which it, they're it, they're always kind of interesting. Uh, it's it's so easy to do comedy on the show because we just like say a joke that they said in the movie and then we laugh at it. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of laughing I can think of that's going to happen in this one. <laughs> no, and uh, I mean I'll tell you straight up, like I watch a lot of horror movies. I do another podcast called the Great Plot Podcast, which is all about horror movies. Uh, so I don't like I'm I'm pretty dead inside for the most part. I'm pretty desensitized to most horror movies, but this one still freaks me out. This is a dark, dark one, but it's so good. It's so good. Uh, We are talking about Event Horizon, a uh, horror sci-fi... Space opera. Space-ish. Space hell demon shit. Yeah, this is... This goes very, very dark, very, very quickly. There is no light whatsoever in this whole movie. And uh, 
kind of side note, speaking of this, it just kind of reminded me, like a couple of days ago, they announced that uh, they're redoing the Dead Space series, like remastering the games. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Very good game. Uh, I never played it, but I watched I watched Tony play it a little bit, so I know a little bit about it, but it seems pretty fucked up for the most part. Yeah, it definitely is, and I'm looking forward to the upgraded graphics, if I can ever get my hands on a PlayStation. Uh, this movie is also pretty fucked up, but what's what's even more fucked up is that there's a bunch of even more fucked up stuff that got left on the cutting room floor, and um, I know the director, Paul W.S. Anderson, he wants to put out a director's cut with like all the lost footage but apparently it's like lost lost like nobody knows where it is um apparently this they is, found yeah. they found some footage in a fucking salt mine or something like what it's insane like just the story of the lost footage of event horizon is a, a it's an event all itself this is this is one of the most this is one of the most crazy things i've ever heard of like just on the outside of stuff happening with the production, everything from like, oh, Titanic's not going to be done on time. Hey, I know you're just like, just finished shooting. Uh, can you get this like out in three weeks? <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um, I I would love to to see a director's cut and see all the, the weird shit. That didn't yeah, there's like the, a brief, like cut. what, half second of some of the crazy shit we get to see that he's talking about. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I love this movie. Um, Me too. I rewatched it again today and uh, yeah, it's like my second time watching it in two weeks. So yeah, you know, I'm de definitely dead inside like you, if I can watch this movie twice in a three week period. <laughs> uh, but you know, who does not love this movie is critics and they are stupid, but we say that uh, a lot, at least 69%. Nice. I nice. uh, hate this movie as only 31% uh, gave it a, a approval on Rotten Tomatoes. Not so nice. Audience score only 61. I'm, I'm not that surprised. Honestly, it's a kind of a niche movie and yeah. horror in general uh, is, is kind of, uh, doesn't really get a lot of love on Rotten Tomatoes and especially something so just twisted as this. This is, yeah, like, you know, we said it before and we'll say it again. This is a dark and twisted movie with, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, Critics Consensus says, despite a strong opening that promises sci-fi thrills, Event Horizon quickly devolves into an exercise of style over substance, whose flashy effects and gratuitous gore fail to mask its over-reliance on horror cliches. I didn't think this movie was that gory compared to like some of the other shit we watch. Yeah, I mean... Terrifier, for example. Oh, dude. Have you seen two yet? <laughs> Not yet. Oh, buddy. You don't know I, what I'm you're still, in for. Uh, I, I've read some stuff that's happened when people have watched this. And it's kind of... That's terrified me more than actually watching the movie. Um, I don't know what version is streaming, but I, I saw the uncut version in theaters. Oh, dear God. And it's wild. <laughs> Did anybody throw up or pass out? No, you know, I, again, like, uh, like we watched it. I watched it. Uh, I saw it with Max and we left the theater and we were just like, I, I thought it would be worse. <laughs> like really? all these tales of people passing out and throwing up. We were just like, I never once felt the need to do either of those things. 
Yeah, the way like people were saying like they were passing out with that, it sounded like everybody was like from like an 1860s ball from like, you know, Atlanta or some shit. Like, oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> Cut <my> stars. <laughs> and then out they go. It's funny though, because like the scenes where people probably were having reactions, we were just like, oh dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like we're laughing at it. <laughs> Okay, so if you're uh, laughing at it, I'll probably laugh at it. Uh, okay. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, as far as like horror cliches, like there's not a lot of jump scares in this, really. No. Um, I mean, this is just like, once it gets going, it's just full steam ahead. And I think it's more psychological than gory or like jump scary. It's just like, you, you finish the movie and you're just like, I need some time alone. <laughs> And I don't want to think, because if I think, bad things will happen. <laughs> right. Uh, like I said before, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, best known now for the Resident Evil movies, which I know at least one of we're going to do at some point. I think it's the original, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because it goes downhill very fast with that franchise. Yeah. Uh, married to Mila Jovovich. Lucky guy. Are they? They're still together, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, this was written by Philip Eisner, who I don't really know anything about. Philip Eisner. Name uh, does he, sound vaguely familiar, though. Yeah. Oh, did, nope. <laughs> nope, not at all. He did Sweet Girl and Mutant Chronicles. And he did some comic book writing for Trigger Street. Oh, okay. Which is coordinated by Kevin Spacey. Who? <laughs> yeah. Uh, IMDb synopsis, a rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. More or less. More, yeah. Without giving anything um, away, really. Yeah, it doesn't really give anything away, but also is not entirely correct, but no. we'll give it a pass. Yeah. Um. So yeah, should we just jump in then? Let's strap on our spacesuits and uh, head out to the event horizon. All right, I'm going to minimize my window here so I can read my notes. See okay. notes. So the um, <laughs> the first thing I have in my notes is just, this intro is so 90s. Oh, it's so 90s. <laughs> it looks like a really uh, bad computer game. Uh, this is from 1997. It came out on my 16th birthday. I think the, isn't the opening theme, like, it's not the Dust Brothers, but it's... Oh god! Like one of those. Was, yeah, it was one of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the intro is it's very very nineties. It's it's very nineties sci-fi. Very very. Uh, but we see like some text on the screen, and it says 2015, first permanent colony established on the moon. Which I must I must have missed that. But uh, 2032, commercial mining begins on Mars. Thanks, Elon. Um, I was just going to say, I think we know who's behind that. <laughs> yep. Uh, in 2040, deep space research vessel Event Horizon launched to explore boundaries of solar system. She disappears without trace beyond Neptune. It is the worst space disaster on record. I'm actually shocked <laughs> that something worse than hasn't happened between now and 2040. Jesus Christ, we're only like 17 years away. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, although... This movie takes place seven years in the future from that in 2047. Seven. 
Correct. So. Yeah. Uh, we the first thing we see is a naked a naked man, naked, uh, just naked, bald as a baby, cut to shit, just like razor straight cuts all over his body, just screaming. Welcome to the movie. <laughs> Welcome to Event Horizon. <laughs> Suddenly we see Sam Neill wake up. He was this was all a bad dream. He was having a bad dream about being a naked baby man floating in space. Was he reading Word Up magazine right before he went to a stasis? Uh probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh Sam Neill, maybe Cult Splat All-Star? I I thought we said yes when we were talking about this last time. I know of one other for sure, but I'm not sure if there's a third. I mean, this dude shows up randomly and stuff, so there's a good I love shot. Sam Neill, dude. Sam Neill's great. Um, yeah, so we see photos of his wife all over, and so we are able to deduce that his wife is dead. Yeah. Um, I think he picks up a picture and says, I miss you or something like that. Yeah, like, let's just lay it on real thick right at the beginning. Yeah, in case, in case you, like, don't get it. <laughs> He's like, I miss you, my dead right. wife. I'm so sad that you are dead. <laughs> oh, no. What am I going to do without you since you've died on June 3rd, 1997? <laughs> In a horrible automobile accident. <laughs> Just exposition out the Wahoo. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to the USAC vessel Lewis and Clark. USAC, what is that? Uh, US... Atmospheric... Colonizer. That's, did you just make that up? I did. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. I did not see what UAC stands for in any of my notes. Yeah, I think it just said USAC, and I, I don't think it ever actually. So said United what it States for. something something. Yeah, I mean it could be United States of America. Colonizer. <laughs> We're still colonizing. We're we still haven't learned our lesson yet. <laughs> All your space are belong to us. <laughs> uh, category, search and rescue. Mission top secret. Go inside this Lewis and Clark vessel and we see the fish. Yes. <laughs> uh, he is the captain of this, of this vessel. Uh, he sits in a chair that hangs from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's the future. Yeah, you can't have anything on the floor. It has to hover, kind of, sort of. Right. I don't think um, we're anywhere remotely close to that. I don't, th and I don't think we're like going to get it in seventeen years. Hover chairs? Yeah. I mean, hoverboards really hover, still though, have wheels. <laughs> this one doesn't really hover though. It hangs from the ceiling and then kind of like pivots around on like a track. Yeah, that's true. We, we, I bet somebody has that. Yeah, and it just kind of, like, moves with the motion of his body, too, like a Segway. Which is really cool. That's some good gyroscoping, I assume. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, grav tanks. What are grav tanks? Grav? Lo grav locks? Um, grav tanks, I'm assuming, like, pressurize the air so they, like, stay on the ground and not float around? Um, I, I, okay, so... Full disclosure, I watched this just like two or three weeks ago. <laughs> um, I think, the, are the grav tanks just like the stasis tanks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay, so um, 
they're they're fifty six days out from reaching, uh, whatever it is. I mean, we find out eventually that they're going to find the Event Horizon, right? And it's by Uranus. <laughs> is it no Neptune? Neptune, that's it. I just wanted to say Uranus once. Yeah, well, we're not going to be laughing a whole lot, so trying to get it up, trying to get it in when I can. Uh, but yeah, the, these stasis tanks—they basically put them in like a cryogenic freeze, essentially. Right. It's not really a freeze though; it's water, and they, they are a liquid. Then they, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know science. I don't get. It reminds me of the abyss, like you know, the scene with Ed Harris sure. that almost yeah. killed him. Yeah, in real life. Uh, but Sam Neil gets out of his tank and he he walks into the um, not they don't call it a cockpit on a spaceship, do they? I think they, what do they call it? Called like the deck, I think the hole, the... something. No, the hole is something else. I think. Yeah. I the, think yeah. Like let's we'll say the deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he goes to try to say something to the captain, turns the, the captain's chair around, and it's his dead wife. <gasps> and she's all naked with no eyes. Yeah, happens with wives. And she says to him, "I'm waiting." And he's like, "Huh." Wakes up again. Here's another dream. He's just dreaming and dreaming. A dream inside a dream. It's like the ending of Roseanne. I don't know if I ever saw the end of Roseanne. I kind of tuned Roseanne out after, you know, everything. Yeah. Well, this is the original ending. Uh, I never really watched Roseanne that much, to be honest with you. It wasn't that great, honestly. My parents liked it, and that's the only reason I watched it, because there was only one TV in the house. I only watched two things with Johnny Galecki. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. <laughs> and vacation. I was going to say, one of those has to be vacation. Well, Christmas vacation. Yeah, the good one. Well, they're all, most of them are good. Well, no. <laughs> most of them are not good. Well, the first two are good. European yes, vaca vacation and Vegas are terrible. Vacation and Christmas are good. Yes. Yes, European is not good. No. Um, Vegas is not good. No. Is that all no. there is? There's a bunch of side ones with Cousin Eddie. Yeah, those don't count. And there was a, the remake. That doesn't count either. Oh, yeah. I never saw that. I love that um, uh, Rusty and what's the daughter's name? Oh, shit. What is <clears> the daughter? I, just, I love that they're different actors every movie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's a good, good gag. Who was it in European? Was it anybody of note? I thought it was like because it was Anthony Michael Hall in the first one. Right. Johnny Galecki uh, in Vegas. And then it was Ethan Embry in Vegas. Right. I don't know You're... if it was anybody of note in, uh, in in European. I'm pulling that up. I think it was like an actual name. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. Nope. Nope. It was Jason Lively, whoever the fuck he is. No idea who that is. No. And Dana Hill was Audrey. Audrey was the girl's Audrey. name. Audrey. There you go. Uh, of course, Juliette Lewis in Christmas Vacation. Right. Uh, okay. Sorry. Um, let's see. Where was I? So uh, Officer Peters, one of the officers on this crew, is watching videos of her sick son on like an iPad or some kind of device. We, it was hey, we have one of those. So it wasn't an iPad. But, um, but Sam Neill talks about how they, they got a transmission from the Event Horizon. And everyone on the crew is just like, you're full of shit. There's no way. Like, we heard that ship disappeared. There's, there's, 
no trace of it. It gone. And so he's like, well, the official report is that the event horizon blew up when it was orbiting around Neptune or something like that. And he's like, but that's, that's false. That, that's not true. The U.S. government lied to us? <laughs> but he basically, he explains what the Event Horizon is. It's, it's not a, a normal ship that travels, you know, a, at the speed of, like, even the speed of light. is it, The Event Horizon is faster than the speed of light. Sweet. Because how it works is it basically folds time in on itself. And he illustrates this by taking a poster like a um, centerfold off the wall, folds it in half. It says, you know, time basically folds it in on itself. And then the event horizon creates a portal, like where the two pieces of time meet, goes through the portal and then opens it back up. But this all happens, you know, like so fast that it's imperceptible to the human eye. Right. But so that's how it's able, it, like it more or less teleports. More or less, yeah. Which is really fucking scary. It's like, hey, you want to come on this ship? It's going to go like a billion light years. And before you blink your eye, you in? No. <laughs> I ain't stepping foot on that thing. Yeah. Like, what did they expect? Yeah. I don't do 85 when I drive. You think I want to go that fast? <laughs> <laughs> um, hello, Beatrice. It's time to play. Wouldn't be a Cult of Splat episode without Beatrice making her presence known. It's true. Um, but everyone says, you know, how, how do you know all this? And Sam Neill's like, oh, because I fucking built it. No yeah. big deal. I had a hammer and two hands. <laughs> but surprise, surprise, the Event Horizon just disappeared without a trace. It would make sense if it's going through like a portal and it's just like, you know, doing the thing. I'd expect that to happen to a few ships to just disappear somewhere. Well, yeah, and if it's supposed to, like, fold time in on itself, that's not normal. No. You know how many lost monkeys probably happened because of this technology? Yeah, really. Space monkeys. Uh, I need to watch Fight Club again. <laughs> but, so somebody asks him, well, you know, so where has it been for the past seven years? And Sam Neill's like, well, that's what we're here to find out. And at this point, I'm. At this point, I'd be like, "Nah, we're not doing that." No. <laughs> um, Get some other ship to do this bullshit. Yeah. But so he, he plays the transmission that he he got. He he's like, "All right, here's the, here's the transmission we got," and it's literally just like people screaming. So it's like if you weren't out before, that's the time when you're like, "Nope, nope, nope." Turn nope, turn uh -uh. this thing around. We're going back. Yeah. Put this guy back in stasis, going to Earth. Um, but Jason Isaacs, who is in this movie, uh, says that he hears something on the transmission. He hears a person talking. And it's someone saying, uh, liberate me something, which means save me. Right. At what okay. point do you turn back? Like, this is bad shit on top of bad shit. Yeah, this is just like, you know what? If you want to go by yourself, doctor, guy who built this ship, be my guest. Because if you're so like, you know, here's like a, here's a space pod, go do your thing, fly it back, maybe crash into the sun, preferably crash it into the sun. 
but you're going alone. Yeah, like, as if it wasn't bad enough that they have to find a spaceship that was gone for seven years from after flying into a wormhole, essentially. Uh, like, that's that's a nope. Right. I'd be like, and you know what? The... I've seen aliens. I know what's on that ship. And then the fact that they got a transmission that was just people screaming, that's a nope. No, yep. Yeah. It's That ship is so full of xenomorphs, it's about to pop. And then you have someone in Latin saying, save me. That's a nope. And then it's like, okay, so the xenomorphs are now Catholic. That's that's three strikes, you're out. Yeah, all within five three, seconds. That's three strikes, I'm out. Yeah. I'm taking the, 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 the escape hatch home or the escape pod home. No. Yeah. But they, they trudge on and they eventually come across the event horizon. And this thing is fucking huge it's gargantuan like if, for scale if we think of the lewis and clark as a car right right which i mean it's a, it's a spaceship so obviously it's much bigger than a car but <laughs> just for scale if it's a car then the event horizon is probably like a cruise ship yeah probably but like one of the big massive ones yeah one of the big big ones maybe yeah. two of them yeah, I was going to say like a skyscraper. That works too, because that's bigger than a cruise ship. But cruise ships now are like the size of fucking small cities. Oh, I know. My office is right next to where they dock, and I look out there, and they're I'm just appalled at how big they are. It, we don't need cruise ships. But yeah, so this Event Horizon is just massive. And it's it's basically like two separate parts by uh, connected by like a sky bridge in the middle. That also does not seem safe. Yeah, not particularly. No. But so they go to latch on to the event horizon. Uh, the guy driving the ship, he's got these, you know, these big clamps and he like clamps down on a thing. And Sam Neill's like, that's not a load bearing structure. It was and just it, like a freaking like, I think whatever they latched onto, I thought would definitely fall off. Like just leaving like orbit. Yeah. It looked like an antenna or something. Like. Right. <laughs> like one of those shitty 80s antennas that you put on top of your roof. That you had to go like readjust after it was like a five mile an hour wind. Right. But the guy's just like, it is now. <laughs> but yeah. But so they run the, they run a scan and uh, you know, one of the, the crew says the hole's intact, uh, there's no gravity, and the thermal units are offline. So there's no chance this crew could have survived unless they were in stasis. Okay. Because it's it's just frozen in there. Yeah. So out and be in space, it's like negative hundreds of degrees. Right. Uh, they also say that they're picking up trace life forms, but they can't seem to get a lock on their location. So that, what are we on our fifth strike? <laughs> At least fourth. Yeah. Um, but no, Fish, Captain Fish is just like, all right, then we got to go out there and we got to check deck by deck, room by room. No. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. No, again, if the doctor, the guy who built the ship, wants to go do it, cool. We will do orbit around the ship until he's ready to go home, maybe. He has 12 hours to go do this. Then we're leaving without him. I would full-on mutiny. I think I could take Lord Fishburne base upon how scared I would be. <laughs> yeah, and so so uh, Sam Neill wants to go on, and Fish is just like, no, we need you to stay here. Um, 
so Mr. Justin, who is um, Tom Noseworthy from um, Encino Everything. Man. <laughs> from Encino Man. Uh, and Peters, who I said before was the one who was looking at the photos or the videos of her son. Uh, and Captain Fish. They all get on the event horizon. Fish, you know, verifies that everything is in a, a deep freeze. It's like, oi, mate. It's ice. 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 Why is he Australian? I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. But they see that there's the there are some emergency explosives that separate the front deck from the main cabinet? That can't be right. Cabin, yeah. <laughs> Why did I write cabinet? And Samuel I, tells him, you know, oh yeah, you can use the front deck as a lifeboat if need be. Oh, that's good. And so all of a sudden something like flies by Fish's face and he's like, oh, and it's a glove. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the point of that. That was supposed to be a jump scare, but it wasn't. I, I more laughed at that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, what a stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a glove. Uh, Mr. Justin goes through this tunnel that looks like, you know, in in like a fun house when there's like the, you go th- over a bridge and then there's just like a spinning tube I, I think that goes around. So bad. I hate that goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, it's usually like, you know, black and white swirls or something or mirrors or something right. like that. Uh, this one is spikes. No. <laughs> um that's the thing about the event horizon is everything on it looks dangerous yeah this is not a ship for children mostly adults as well because adults are also stupid and careless yeah but sam neil explains to him that this tunnel is uh is used to not compromise the magnetic field which is just sciencey enough for people to go oh okay yeah sure (laughs) that makes sense it's like when you think about it, you're like, wait, how does it do that? But don't think about it. So Yeah, it's spinning, therefore creating gravitational pull, which accelerates from the inside of the circle and then grapulates the whole ship. Got it. Grapulates? I I was making the whole thing up if you didn't catch it. <laughs> well, at least you used real words for the rest of it. <laughs> I'm sure grapulates a word. Probably doesn't mean what you think it means. No, it's going to take me to a porn site. <laughs> uh, it um, has to, it's like, do you mean granulate? So it's not a word. It is not a word. But Mr. Justin just says, oh, it looks like a meat grinder to me. Meanwhile, uh, Peters goes on the bridge. She finds some blood. Uh, it's so funny. Like she looks at, like this control deck thing. And she's, there's like a, a spot of blood and she's just like, Oh, got some blood here. And then there's like a crack of lightning, even though they're in space. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> but when this lightning cracks, you can see that there's just like viscera all over the walls. <laughs> there was a slaughter. There was, there's meat chunks on the wall. Yeah. And she didn't notice. She's just like, Oh, a little bit of blood. Yeah. Uh, she then finds the ship's log, which is on a CD. <laughs> Start eight. Oh, 1997. <laughs> and it gets uh, and, jammed. 
Yeah, when she's trying to pull it out, she's like, uh, uh, uh. she then comes across a dead body with no eyes. Oh, hey. Sound familiar? Does sound familiar. Kind of like the dead wife that he misses so much who died. It was the wife who did this whole thing. <laughs> Peter says that it looks like an animal did it. What kind of animals in space? And what kind of animal just takes someone's eyes? A fox? Doesn't like to rip off their whole face. Just pops the eyes out. Yeah. Obviously it wasn't a leopard. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Justin, he gets to the end of this tunnel and he goes to the core. Ooh. Uh, this is what Sam Neill describes as the heart of the ship. It's basically a big spiky ball. Again, more spikes. You have to have the spikes to grapulate the gravity. <laughs> and then there's two rings that circle around the, the spiky ball. And uh, at this point, they, they lose the signal with Mr. Justin. Uh-oh. Suddenly, the spiky ball starts glowing, starts just emitting this blinding light. I actually have in my notes, shines bright like a diamond. <laughs> it did. Uh, and it turns into like this, it almost looks like a liquefied metal. It, it like turns into a Stargate, basically. More or less, yeah. And so Mr. Justin kind of puts his hand in. No! 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 Stop! No! Bad, Justin! Bad! Where's the newspaper? Hit you in the face with it. But suddenly he gets yanked into this thing. Obviously. He deserved it. He, deserved it. he had it coming. And then all of a sudden this like beam of energy just bursts out from the core, goes all through the entire event horizon, goes to the Lewis and Clark, and just like knocks out all the electronics and stuff. This is all Justin's fault. Fucking Justin. You never trust anybody uh, named Justin. But so uh, Cooper, another one of the Lewis and Clark crew. Coop. Coop. He Cooper. he goes to um to go and save Baby Bear. They call Justin. The Lewis and Clark is destroyed. Like I said, all the electronics are just blown out. Um, their their shit's like leaking everywhere. So the the whole crew has to get on the event horizon. Yeah, like the holes punctured somehow, and it's like yeah, it's just not safe to be in there anymore. So right. they have to go to the the death ship, the the hell ship. <laughs> Um, but so, yeah, they get the thermal units and the gravity back online and like the, the dead body was, was floating earlier, um, because it, you know, it, there was no gravity on the event horizon. And so as soon as the gravity comes on this body, which was frozen by the way, falls and just shatters <laughs> into these frozen, frozen meat cubes. You got to get that cleaned up before it makes a mess. <laughs> Yeah, once that thaws out, that's going to be stinky. Yeah, it's going to be a little gross. That's really freezer burned. So they determine that they have 20 hours of breathable air. That's not a lot of time. No, it's not. It's I mean, that's not even a full day. No. Not even in the future is that a full day. No. 
uh, there's a giant gash in the side of the Lewis and Clark that they have to fix before they could do anything. And it's going to take a little bit more than some Bondo. Right. Um, so uh, Cooper has pulled Justin out of this vortex or whatever. Um, and they say that his vitals are good, but he's not responding to stimuli, which is obviously not good. Nope. Uh, Cooper's trying to explain what happened. And he says, you know, I, I, I can't really explain it. There was nothing. And then Justin appeared and then the core turned solid. And, and like, Sam Neill's Sam Neill's just like, that's not physically possible. And Cooper's just like, I'm telling you what I saw. Like, I don't know about physically possible. I just know what my eyes saw. And he's like, I don't care what your eyes saw. You are a liar and a snake. And I hate you for lying to me. <laughs> but Sam Neill says, you know, that that the only way the only thing that could mean is that the gateway was open, but it couldn't be open because the drive wasn't activated and it can't activate by itself. It has to be manually activated. Well, then who did it? Where was fish during all this? <laughs> we haven't seen him in a bit. Um, but <laughs> Samuel says, you know, I, I believe Mr. Cooper is delusional. If you don't mind me saying so, he like looks right at him. Okay. He looks right at him and says, you know, if you don't, if you don't mind my saying so, he says, you know, you, you must have seen an optical effect caused by gravitational distortion. That grapulated? That grapulated the gravity or something. But he says, if a burst of gravity wave uh, escaped the core, that could distort space-time and destroy the Lewis and Clark. Okay. And so Fish, Fish says, you know, what's, what's in the core? And he says, well, there's these three magnetic rings, and when they align, it creates an artificial black hole. That doesn't and seem Cooper, safe. Yeah, Cooper, I think it's Cooper, uh, says, you know, it's a, the most destructive force in the universe, and you've created one. And Samuel basically says, you know, that's we use that to bend space-time. Yeah. And there and are he people says, working on something like this right now in the United... No. The Hedron Collider in Switzerland, I think it is? Are on creating a black hole? Yeah. But Sam Neill says, you know, if, if Mr. Justin went through, then he could have gone to wherever the ship has been. Oh. And... Or no, sorry, I think Fish says that. And yeah. Sam Neill says, you know, theoretically, yes, but it's not possible because it can't open by itself. Yeah, I love Samuel. He's just like so incredulous. Like, no, 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 no. You guys yeah, are so stupid. defiant. Yeah. He's like, this is not possible. He's like way too uber scientist for this. But so Fish says, you know, seal off the whole core. And Samuel's like, that's not necessary. Like, it's perfectly safe. And Fish says, look. My ship is in pieces, and one of my crew may not make it home alive, so no one else is going near this thing. Good call. Good call, Fish. You know what Samuel reminds me of? He's like the dad in a haunted house movie. He's like, oh, no, that didn't happen. You did not. <laughs> Even though I saw it with my own eyes, you got picked up and slammed against a wall by an invisible force. That just didn't happen because, you know, teenage hormones. <laughs> right. Uh, so Peters is working on Justin. And she looks over and she sees a tent, which is strange. That wasn't there before. 
and she hears something inside the tent. So she opens it up and sees her son inside. And his legs are all just like chewed up and destroyed. And obviously come to realize this is a hallucination. Oh, thank God. So uh, Jason Isaacs is able to kind of, you know, get rid of some of the distortion and stuff on the, on the ship's final log. But as soon as they get to the core, it just turns to static. Oh, well, shit. Uh, suddenly there's a power drain, like all the lights go out and Sam Neill basically says, you know, it's, it's caused by the core. It's a short in the fail safe circuit. So he has to go through this tunnel. He like goes into the core and he just, I don't know how he knows where this, like, I mean, I guess cause he built it, but yeah, there's like one panel on this giant room where every inch of the wall is a panel. Yeah. Yeah. And he had to go through a fucking labyrinth to get there too. Well, this is, I'm just talking about when he goes into the labyrinth. Like he oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. opens up this panel of the wall and goes into this like neon green tunnel. Meanwhile, Mr. Justin starts convulsing and he's whispering, uh, yeah, he's coming. Somebody's like, who's coming? And he says, the dark. The dark. So Sam Neill goes through this tunnel and he, he finds this one, this fuse box. Like you said, he goes through this labyrinth until he finally finds this fuse box. You knew exactly and, where it was. Well, he built it. That's true. But then he starts hearing his dead wife that he misses so much calling his name. Nope. It's so funny because like at no point is anyone just like, oh man, I'm fucking losing it. Everyone's just like, oh, this is definitely happening. Yeah, this is definitely happening. Yeah. Except Sam Neill's like, nah, you're all like, no. It's an illumination of imagination. But even Sam Neill, when he hears his wife, he's just like, oh, Maria or whatever the fuck her name is. Yeah. He's like, oh, there you are. Like, <laughs> Just hanging out here. But all the lights go out in the tunnel. It's, you know, that, okay, this one's a horror cliche where the lights go up, you know, get, as it gets closer to the camera, the lights are going out in, in stages. Right. Uh, but then he, he sees his dead wife. I think the lights come back on and his dead wife is stand, standing or sitting right there. Still right. no eyes. Yeah. And she's like an inch from his nose. Yeah, and she says, be with me forever. Do I have a choice? <laughs> Play with us. <laughs> Suddenly, the core catches fire. Ooh. There's, there's like, water all around the core, and it's it starts flaming. So I don't know if there's gas in it or what, but this burnt-up man suddenly crawls out of this water. Nope. And starts talking to to fish. And so um, Samuel describes it as, you know, carbon dioxide hallucinations. That is not a carbon dioxide hallucination. Yeah, and fish is like, this wasn't a hallucination. Like, I felt heat. Like, there was definitely something there. Um. And somebody, I'm not sure who this was, but somebody just goes, I can tell you, this ship is fucked. <laughs> I think it was Cooper. That sounds like Cooper, yeah. Yeah. But Sam Neill's just like, oh, thank you for your scientific analysis. Yeah, you dumb fuck. 
but so Smith, who was Smith? Smith was Sean Pertween. He was the pilot. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, the guy with the shaved head. Yeah. Um, I fly. He, I'm a pilot. He like goes after Sam Neill, and he just you know, like grabs him by the the collar and says, "You know, you thought you could break the laws of physics, and there wouldn't be any consequences." And like grabs a scalpel and like puts the scalpel up to his neck. And Sam Neill's just like, "It's just a ship. Like it's it's fine. Like we're all going to be okay. Yeah, it's just metal, people." Um. I don't understand what my notes say here. It says stark theory connection between readings and hallucinations, defensive reaction, immune system. The ship is racing to us. <laughs> I watched this movie like five hours ago and I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this part I understand. Uh, it says, um, Cam Neal says it, it, it brought something back with it some kind of life force and fish is just like are you telling me the ship is alive and samuel says you know look you wanted an answer that's the best i've got but if it brought back a life force wouldn't it be like a ghost rather anyway i don't know uh but mr justin disappears that's not good nope lights go out again and suddenly there's this, this biohazard warning well shit Suddenly, uh, there's an explosion from somewhere on the event horizon. Uh, and there's a, a banging on this door. And the, the banging is, like, so hard that the, the metal of the door is bending. Bending, yeah. And Sam Neill is like, you know, open the door. And Jason Isaac stops him before he can open the door. And then it just kind of, like, cuts away. And yeah. Like, How, like what, what was that? <laughs> Let's go back to that. I'm very curious. But then we find Mr. Justin, who is in the airlock. And he has engaged the override so that no one can open the door. And he starts saying, did you hear it? It shows you things. Horrible things. The dark inside me from the other place. If you could see the things I've seen, you wouldn't try and stop me. And then he hits the button and opens the outer door. I'd be like, you know what? That's some crazy talk. You can go. <laughs> but there's a 30 second delay before the door opens. So you, when he pushes the button, it starts counting down. Well, that's a good safety feature. And Fish, who was out working on the Lewis and Clark, he's starts, you know, trying to fly back. And he's like, Justin! No! Suddenly, Mr. Justin just like snaps out of it. And he's just like, why am I in here? Like, open the door. Let me out. Guys, come on. Like, let me out. I don't want to die in here. Ooh. And so Fish tells him, look, here's what I want you to do. I want you to huff and puff and blow all the air out of your lungs. Okay. So the door opens. Justin starts flying out. His eyes start bleeding. He's just like blood is spewing uh. out of his eyes. And Fish just like gores him. <laughs> back into the back into gore, the airlock. Gore, gore. <laughs> Mr. Justin just spitting up blood. Uh, there are now four hours left of air. That went quick. It did. I, there was 
there are a couple times where they've talked about you know what the um like how much was left but i didn't make notes of that but so um somebody i probably fish is just like the dark inside me what do you think that means and sam neil's like that eh, probably doesn't mean anything yeah. nothing don't worry about it i wouldn't worry about it it's probably nothing that little thing um or that little guy don't worry about that little guy i, I wouldn't worry about that little guy uh Captain Fish and Jason Isaacs then have this little conversation. And I think this conversation is best portrayed in Splatterpiece Theater. All right. It's been a while since we've done a Splatterpiece Theater, Kevin. It has been. Do you want to play Captain Fish or do you want to play Jason Isaacs? They both kind of have a little mini monologue in this one. So they do. Um, who's first? That's Fish, isn't it? That is the fish, yeah. You be the fish. I'll be the Isaac. All right. I'm telling you, it was his voice I heard. He was calling to me. A young bosun named Eddie Corrick. We served on the Goliath together. When the O2 tanks ruptured, Four of us made it to the lifeboat, but Cork was still on board the Goliath when the fire broke out. You ever seen fire in zero gravity? It's beautiful. It's like liquid. It slides all over everything. It comes up in waves, and they just kept hitting him, wave after wave. He was screaming for me to save him. What did you do? I did the only thing I could. I closed the lifeboat hatch, and I left him behind. I swore I'd never lose another man. I've known you for a long time. You've, you've never told me that. That's just it, DJ. I never told anybody. But this ship knew about it. It knows my fears. It knows my secrets. It gets inside your head. And it shows you. I was going to tell you this. I've been listening to distru the distress signal, and I, uh, I think I made a mistake in the translation. Go on. I thought it said liberate me. Save me, but it's not me. It's liberate futer me. Save yourself. And it gets okay, worse. Wait, I, wait, wait, I, wait, wait. I'm going to stop you. <laughs> it's liberate me. Liberate me, sorry. It's, it's Latin. And then it's yeah. liberate tutu me. My bad. I don't have my glasses. All right. All right. We'll take from it from, from the top of that line. From the top of that line. Okay. I thought it said, liberate me, save me, but it's not me or me, it's liberate tutu me, save yourself. And it gets worse. There, I think, that says, ex in fairness, save yourself from hell. Look, if what Dr. Weir tells us is true, this ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe of known scientific reality. Who knows what it, where it's been, what it's seen. And what brought what it brought back with it from hell? You don't believe in that kind of stuff, do you? Whoever sent that message, he sure believes in hell. Yeah. So, liberate liberate to the ex and Ferris is um, like one of the big standout lines in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big big nope. 
I'd be like, um, how far can a spacesuit get us off this thing? I'm willing to flow back to Earth and take my chances of reorbiting in a fucking spacesuit. It was bad enough when I thought he said, save me. Now he says, save yourself. That's bad enough, but save yourself from hell? I'm out. Yeah. But so Cooper thinks that he has fixed the Lewis and Clark, but they go to fire it up and it starts leaking gas or something, some kind of Some sort of space like wicked. Yeah. So he says, you know, give me me 20 more minutes. You got none. Which is good because they're running out of time. Yeah. Uh, Peters has has descrambled the distress call oh from my. from the event horizon, and they put it in and they watch. It's this little video, and we see the captain just ripping his crew to shreds. It is not. It's not nice. No, it's brutal. And then he like rips out his own eyes, just claws them out. Ugh. And I love, like, they're watching this, and Fish goes, We're leaving. <laughs> we gone. <laughs> and so Sam Neill's like, what are, you, what are you planning on doing? And he goes, Well, we're going to get on the Lewis and Clark. We're going to get a safe distance away. And then I'm going to blast this piece of shit with fucking space missiles until it's dust. Smart. Smart. And he looks right at Sam Neill and he goes, Fuck this ship. <laughs> as he should have yeah meanwhile the core is just draining power from the rest of the ship it knows. So Sam Neil Sam Neil says you can't leave she won't let you and then like backs into the shadows <laughs> <laughs> so he's the original member of the house of black <laughs> it was originally the house of weir I guess before before he backs into the shadows Fish says, get your gear and get on the Lewis and Clark or you'll be walking home. And then he says, I am home. And that's when he just kind of backs into the shadows like a creep. That's so creepy. It's cheesy, but it's still really creepy. Yeah. Uh, Peters is in the core for whatever reason. I thought they blocked off the core, but people just keep going in there. <laughs> like, I'm going to go check this out before we leave. I want to uh, see this sees... wave fire. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's seen the core. I haven't got to see the core yet. Yeah. But while she's there, she sees she sees her son. Oh no! Is is not only not there, but also somewhere dead or dying or sick or something. Yeah, he has like the pox or the plague of something. Yeah, he's got something with his legs. But he, but he's like running through the core, and so she starts chasing him. Yeah, she starts chasing him, chases him up to some like higher level, and then chases him into a room and just falls in a hole. And dies. God damn it. Uh, let's see. Sam Neil, he hears his wife again. And this time he sees her in a mirror and she has her eyes. Oh, hey. So he turns around and he watches her as she slowly takes off her robe, climbs into a bathtub, grabs a razor blade. Oh, no. And runs it up her forearms. And the whole time, Sam Neill is just like, no, no, not again. Don't do this to me. Like, please, no. So we now know how she died. Yeah. But then she, like, you know, he's, like, crying into his hands. And she grabs him 
and he looks up and her eyes are gone again. Oh, God damn it. And she says, you'll never be alone again. You're with me now. Oh, and no. I have, and I have such wonderful things to show you. Oh, no. Which is almost a direct ripoff of Hellraiser. It's true. <laughs> we have such sights to show you. But Sam Neill, not wanting to see this ever again, claws his own eyes out. <sighs> Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Smith uh, sees Neil on the Lewis and Clark. Oh. And so he like radios to, to Fish and he says, hey, uh, one of the explosives is missing. And I think, it, or no, Fish radios him and says, one of the explosives is missing. Remember, there was all the explosives in the tunnel. Right. He says, I think it might be on the Lewis and Clark. And Smith is just like, well, you know, I just I just saw Sam Neill messing around. You think maybe? Anyways, he goes and he like opens up his pack. And there's the missing explosive device. And it's counting down. And it's currently at six. Which means you're fucked. Yep. Smith just closes his eyes and just it's all he says, can his, do. says his last prayer before the uh, the Lewis and Clark explodes. Cooper was still outside working on it. He sent flying out into space. Bye, Coop. And we see him just like floating around. He's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I know. I'll blow my air tank and try to blast myself back to the ship. Oh, hey. So he blows his air tank and it works like a rocket pack and he starts flying back and he's like, here I come motherfuckers. <laughs> Coop is the comic relief. If you haven't figured that out yet. And he's very good at it. Yeah. Uh, Jason Isaacs is just like, you know, don't, don't worry about Sam Neill. I'll take care of Sam Neill. So he goes and confronts Sam Neill and Sam Neill chokeslams him. <laughs> It was a vicious choke slam too. <laughs> yeah, it was. I feel bad for the stunt man. Yeah, he's just like throwing him around this um like medical bay or whatever. Right. And then he just like cuts him open and just like fillets him and just splays him open like a frog in science class. Yeah. And hangs him from the ceiling chest down for all his body parts to just be dangling. And he did this without eyes, people. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's how Fish found him. So Fish uh, goes and he grabs some big-ass guns. He ain't fucking around no more. Yeah, and he, he says, you don't want to leave your ship? I'll make sure you never will. Ooh. Uh, we see that Stark is, is still alive. Um... Stark was, uh, I don't know what her job was exactly. She was the communications and executive officer. So she's basically the number two. Okay. Uh, she was on Lewis and Clark. So I think we all kind of just assumed that she had blown up, but we see that she is still alive. Uh, the captain's chair spins around and Sam Neill is sitting in it. God damn it. Face just all scratched up. No eyes. It's like he found a razor and went to town on himself. Not yet, though, right? And Not that's yet, later. No. I think yeah. at this point he's just he's just missing his eyes. Uh, and Fish says, "You know what happened to your eyes?" And this this is the money line right here. This is this is the one that's in the 
trailer. Like this is the this is the one that fucking haunts me. Sam Neil says, "Where we're going, we don't need eyes to see." No, mm, no, <laughs> that shit's twisted. It's so messed up. And Samuel's delivery is so good. It is just so cold and foreboding the way he does it. He says, I created the Event Horizon to reach the stars, but she's gone much, much farther than that. She tore a hole in our universe, a gateway to another dimension, a dimension of pure chaos, pure evil. When she came back, she was alive. And... Fish is just like, your beautiful ship killed its crew. And Samuel says, well, now she has a new crew. Now she has us. Mm-mm. 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 Fuck you. Nope. I'm done. I'll see you later. Nope. Fuck it. I'm not seeing any of you ever again. <laughs> but so what does Fish do? He goes and activates the core. He opens the fucking gateway. Why? Uh, it's on a 10-minute timer, but so he says, you wanted to know where the ship has been? Now you'll find out. Uh, Neil headbutts Stark, <laughs> throws her across the room. Like a paper doll. Suddenly, outside we hear, ah! Donk. Coop flying towards the thing. He's like, I can't stop. I didn't think this thing through. Um, but Sam Neill takes a fucking harpoon gun, shoots it through the window and hits Cooper with it. <laughs> Sends him flying backwards. But, yes, question? Why is there a harpoon gun on a fucking spaceship? <laughs> Uh, why not? You know, I've always wondered that. For just such an occasion. <laughs> There's space sharks that we don't know about. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I watch a cartoon called Space Sharks. Trademarked and copyrighted. Almost like Grave Flop Productions. You know what? Fuck it. Amy Grave Flops. Neither of us have an LLC, so whatever. No, no, we don't. Well, I have a winery LLC, but I don't think I should be making. Space shark horror on my wine LLC. Well, yeah, I mean, I got Brain Busters LS, LLC, but I, I can't, I don't think Space Sharks, <laughs> Space Sharks the cartoon, a division of Brain Buster Tees LLC. <laughs> what do you guys do? So, t-shirts and cartoons. T-shirts and a cartoon about Space Sharks. <laughs> it's, uh, remember that show Street Sharks? Is that what it was called? No, I don't at all. Oh, I think that's what it was called. It's like that, but in space. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, he shoots him through this window, which of course, you know, if you've ever seen anything where with, with like an airplane where the emergency door opens, it just creates this vacuum. And so Sam Neil gets sucked off. <laughs> <laughs> off the ship. <laughs> Penis um, and all. Fish grabs this cable, just like some random cable, and is able to like pull himself across the room. And I'm like, no, no, that wouldn't work. I mean, you're probably in the best shape of your life right now, Fish, but no. 
No, that would just rip your hands to shreds. Right. And if you somehow, like, you know, seized and, like, were able to hold them to the cable, your arms are getting ripped off and your body's getting sucked into space. Yeah. But he uses this, like, rebar or something to, like, bar open this door that was closing. He, you know, he goes through the door and he bars it open so that he can pull Stark through. You know, the door's pressurized so it's trying to close and it's like bending this bar and he pulls stark in of course just as the door closes now, obviously obviously the door has spikes on it so it would have impaled her because right. why wouldn't it everything has spikes yeah all the doors have spikes the doors like they're not doors they don't swing and they're not like elevator doors that open and close they're big circles that right. like they close like a like like the big uh, like like the roof on the Atlanta Falcons stadium. It's an iron butthole. That. It's a big iron butthole with spikes. Again, no. No. Like, why? Why? What purpose? Dr. Weir is fucked up. He's like, let's put spikes on everything. Yeah, let's that's just cool. everything sharp and dangerous. Yeah. You should be able to die at any moment on this ship just by bumping into anything. Suddenly, there's this alert starts going off. Someone is in the airlock. Oh, fuck. So they're like, you know, it, it, it couldn't be weird. Like, there's no way. So they very, you know, cautiously go up. And suddenly, ah, it's Cooper. Oh, oh, thank God. It's the token black guy of the movie. Right. Um, he's, uh, I don't remember what fish has i think he has something in his hand like a giant wrench or something it was something like that yeah and like the door's open and cooper comes out he's like don't hit me <laughs> i'm not trying to rob the place i just want to live but so meanwhile the gateway is still opening remember it was on a 10 minute timer and so fish is like all right here's what we're gonna do we're gonna blow the corridor and we're gonna use the front deck as a lifeboat just like sam neil said Okay, plan break. So, all of a sudden, there's fucking blood everywhere. This It's like The Shining. Like, all of a sudden, all the, like, tanks start filling with blood and shattering. Uh, there's, like, a, the, a chandelier kind of thing. It just fills with blood, turns the whole room red. That was really cool. Yeah. Like I said, it's very Shining-esque. Where, like, Amityville horror, I guess. With the, yeah. With the bleeding walls. Shining was better. Um, the shining. Who's Corrick? Who's oh, Corrick was the fire guy. Right. Uh, but so Fish goes through and he arms these explosives and he, he sees Corrick again. And, you know, Corrick is talking to him and he's just like, nah, bitch, not this time. <laughs> You're a figment of my imagination and I choose not to believe in you. Just like yeah. Bigfoot. Are you acknowledging that Bigfoot is not real? No. Okay. I was making. <laughs> I was going to say that would be very out of character for you. No, I'm not going heel turn right now. <laughs> That's uh, episode so 100. Fish, so, so Fish runs to the core, but Korok sets the core on fire, and Korok starts just grabbing Fish and just throwing him around. God damn it. This, uh, this figment of his imagination, this hallucination, is now just beating the shit out of him. <laughs> He's like, I just want to get off the fucking ship. It's all I've been wanting my whole life. 
but in all this, Fish drops the detonator for the oh, explosives. No. Suddenly, Korik. Suddenly, Korik transforms into Sam Neil, Doctor Grant himself. I mean, we're <laughs> yeah, and now he is just he's cut to shreds. Like he's he's just got cuts all over his entire body. Like he got he's... drugged through a small glass hole in a spaceship. Yeah. And then put uh, back together. Or he had a terrible accident while shaving his head because he's completely bald now. But he dropped the razor, just roll on it like a thousand times. He, yeah, all he had was just like the razor blades from his wife. So he just like took took him and just went <laughs> like a shampoo. <laughs> yeah, just rubbed them all over his head and face and body. I'm gonna scrub. I'm gonna be pure again. I just want to be pure. <laughs> but Sam Neil explains that the ship brought me back. I told you she wouldn't let me leave. Oh it's no! It's time to go back. And Fish is like back to hell. And Sam Neill, this is another fucked up line. He says, hell is only a word. The reality is much, much worse. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, I think God I'd damn, actually pray at that point. I'd be like, <laughs> Jesus, if you're real, I know you're not, but you know, I know you're just some dude and you're not actually a God, but help anything, anybody out there, any God want to try to intervene at this point? Yeah, it'd be like in Ricky Bobby. He's like, Jesus, Buddha, Mahatma, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Help me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Suddenly, the gateway starts to open. Uh, Sam Neill grabs Lawrence Fishburne, like, holds his face up and just says, do you see? Which is very Red Dragon. Yeah. And Fish is like, yes, I see. And then holds up the detonator, blows the corridor. Yay! The event horizon falls into a black hole. Oh no. Uh, the only ones that were still in the um, escape area were Cooper and Stark. And so they're the only ones that make it up. And Justin, he's still there. Is he? Yeah, they put him in stasis there. What happened to him? They never show him again. No, he, they, they briefly show him. They like He's just like, in one of the liquid pods. Because it cuts to 72 hours later, this rescue unit uh, arrives. 72 they days later. 72 days, sorry. Two and a half months. Yeah. They let Cooper out of stasis. They pull Stark out of stasis, and she starts, like, freaking out. Probably because, yeah, she's just like, oh, my God, what's going on? Well, she has this vision where she, like, the guy pulls her out and flips open his visor. Cause he's got, like, a helmet on. Flips open his visor, and it's Sam, ne uh, Sam Neil. God damn it. But that was just a hallucination. So Cooper is just like, you know, it's it's okay. It's okay. We're safe. We're safe. Yeah, Justin's in the, the background. The... Yeah, Justin's in the background. Like, he's still in stasis. Why do they not give him closure? <laughs> I assume he's, like, too hurt. They just need to get him to, like, a doctor. Oh, but that's the end of the movie. Yeah, it's just done. It's a very kind of jarring ending. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of happy, but not really, because you... Don't know if, like, that's, like, real or not. Yeah, and, like, are they okay? Like, are they, you know, is there anything that they brought with them? Uh, right. Is there anything still, still, you know, they're still on part of the Event Horizon. 
Right. That, you know, that, you know, the sentience or whatever Sam Neill said could still be on that part of the ship. Yeah. It could be like it follows. <laughs> right. And, you know, that part of the ship could still be possessed or whatever you want to call it. Right. There's something worse than hell. Thank God. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad um, it was Sam Neill who delivered those lines because anybody else in that movie would have fucked him up. Oh, yeah. Sam Neill's a creepy dude. Yeah. He's 75 now. He's uh, he's still working, though. He is. He's he still was, doing he was he's still, the, still good the newest stuff. Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, he's still doing good stuff. That Jurassic Park movie sucked, but Didn't we will not it. be doing that on this podcast because it was just a god-awful movie. I haven't seen any of the Jurassic World movies. You're better off. They're all terrible. They, they get progressively worse. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Kind of like the Jurassic Park movies. Yeah, basically. I mean, at the end, you know, spoiler alert, there's like three dinosaurs fighting. One of them's like a genetic freak dinosaur. And like two dinosaurs kill this genetic freak dinosaur. And everybody's like, yay, we're saved. And then like the other two dinosaurs start chasing everybody. And like, oh, no. And then a T-Rex swings out on wires. <laughs> that was so god. That was so terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, this is... Um... It's it's a fucked up movie, and it I, is a I, fucked up movie. I think this was both of our pick, really, because it yeah. was bo- on both our lists. This was gonna we're, we were gonna do this at some point or another, at some time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wanted this to be our first movie back for the new year. I this remember a- uh, being in high school and having friends who like weren't weren't horror movie people, and they were they they loved this movie and they. It, it freaks the fuck out of them. Yeah. I took a girl to see this, like, you know, right after uh, right after my birthday. We drove down to the mall and watched this, and she's like, do you like that? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay. I think I talked to her, like, twice more. I was going to say, she was like, well. <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> it was nice knowing you. Yeah. Thanks for the movie. Thanks for the popcorn. Uh, Have a nice so- life. <laughs> Um, just some of the lost footage or at least deleted material. I don't know if this was actually lost, but, uh, there's a scene where Dr. Weir gets briefed on the ship's return and is demanded to go on to, on the mission to recover it. Okay. Okay. I can see why that was deleted. Apparently that's on the DVD release. Uh, Captain Miller finds a human tooth with gum attached to it. Oh, like, like... (laughs) Chewing gum or like I, I think flesh. so, yeah. I think chewing gum. It is assumed that the tooth was ripped out while the original crew of the Event Horizon was being massacred. I'm gonna assume that's like flesh gum then. Yeah, maybe. Uh the bloody orgy scene that the main characters came across in the ship's log and learning the original crew's fate was longer in the original cut. The scene lasts 20 seconds in the theatrical version but is infamous for the incredibly graphic violence it contained, including shots of a character being stabbed through the head and a man pulling his intestines out of his mouth. The initial version was longer and included shots of a character getting screws drilled into their teeth and and a character having their legs beaten so hard they're eventually broken off as he crawls away. God damn! Uh, the final battle between Weir and Miller originally saw Miller fight with the burning Weir who haunted him during the film. A backstory where the trauma Miller from a, 
has from a crew member he was forced to let die on a prior mission was present. Uh, the visions of Miller's crew suffering in hell, whereas forcing Miller to experience were more graphic. A cryosleep tank fills with blood and explodes. That happened in this. Yeah. Uh, Weir crawls down a ladder like a spider. That would have been creepy as fuck. I bet it looked terrible with those CGI and special effects in 97, though. Yeah. Uh, Weir's wife's Claire's... Weir's wife Claire's suicide reenactment was more graphic. Uh, and the discovery of DJ's corpse by Captain Miller was longer. Yeah. Uh, the director's cut is 130 minutes. How long was this? Like 100, maybe? I don't see a runtime. But I think you're right. I want to find that story about the salt mine, because that was like the weirdest shit. Yeah, I also have like something pulled up. And it says during that, like, the blood orgy, as they call it, from the ship log, they used real-life amputees instead of <laughs> actual special effects. That's and to make it. the sex and rape look more realistic, they used actual porn actors who probably <laughs> fucked on set. What the fuck? So, yeah, they just fucking went for it. Like, let's just do, let's go, like, what, what was that? Serbian film? Let's just yeah. do that. And like Serbian um, film directed by like Lars Ventrier. Okay, so it gets weirder. The the salt mine where they found the footage was in Transylvania. Are you fucking serious? I am serious. How the fuck did it get there? The unused footage was packed off to a Transylvanian salt mine for storage. What the fuck? But when they found it, it was in such poor shape that it was no longer usable. Damn it. So that's why there cannot be a full director's cut. Oh. But I want to see it. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to see that shit with like the teeth and the guy's legs falling off. Yeah. It sounds like there's still like one tape of the director's cut, like on VHS, and like no one's seen it. Like somebody has it; they know one. Somebody has it, but it's it's not coming. I want that. I bet Paul yeah. W. Anderson, W. S. Anderson, doesn't live too far from me. Come down here; we will find that tape. <laughs> Uh, it looks like there's there's some deleted scenes on YouTube. Oh. Oh, and it looks like like maybe Weir had like an alternate look where it looks like he's got like um like demonic symbols and shit carved into him. Oh yeah. Just being that's... cut up. Yeah, that's in the um where I, I saw that somewhere. Oh, it's in like on the IMDP. Yeah, he has, like, upside-down crosses all over his face. No, that's a different movie. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, this is... It's, it's a Sam Neill moment. Never mind. <laughs> that's in the mouth of madness. Yes, it is. I was like, that looks familiar. I don't think that was from this. Why is he in a, a padded room? Yeah, no, that's... that's IMDB is madness. just, like, going through video through a video through video right now, and it just, like, pulled up, like, the best of Sam Neill, apparently. <laughs> Can you see my screen? I can. 
Oh shit! But yeah, that's his. There's his alternate look. You should use that as the background for uh, our story on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, like, here's the scene where they find the tooth with the gum. It says incomplete, which is good because you can clearly see the string. Yeah. That yeah, does... I think you're right. I think it's like it's gums, like not like Yeah, it looks gum. like part of a jaw. Yeah, it's like a whole tooth, like down to the root. Yeah. Huh. They should have left that in. I guess. It was some better really editing. Much, but... Well, yeah, obviously better editing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really want to just sit here and gush over the movie or just, I mean, we, we could probably just sit here and bullshit about the deleted scenes more, but, um, I, I think this is a great movie. I think it's one of the only legitimate scary movies I've seen. Um, I, I think Sam with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is it's like. You know, you see all these commercials where they're like, you know, they talk about how scary a movie is. And then they show people in the theater jumping at jump scares. And it's like, that's not a scary movie. That's a startling movie. That, yeah, that's a startle. That's not a scare. Right. This one, like, you turn it off and you just, like, picture Sam Neill's scarred up face saying, where we're going, we don't need eyes to see. And his voice is so creepy. Right. It's just so it's dark. It's delivered perfectly because Sam Neill's a fucking treasure. Yeah. Um, yeah. This movie is fantastic. I don't, if, I mean, if you're not into horror, you're not going to like it, no. obviously. Um, it's, you know, like we said, Cooper's the comic relief, but it's not, it's, it's not a horror comedy. Not even remotely close. Even Cooper's funny parts are not really like that much levity. You're just like, Oh, okay, cool. It's just kind of like, that's that's silly. Yeah. Thanks for the chuckle there, Coop. Anyway, back to being terrified. Yeah. Because you go, you immediately get dropped right back into the terror. It's like, oh, ha, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> back to reality. Hope if you're a horror movie fan, <clears throat> hey, it, it got grapulated. It, it, we brought it all grapulated together. Uh, if, if you're a horror fan and you haven't seen this, First of all, you shouldn't have listened to this podcast yet. Yeah, what the fuck's your problem? But second of all, you fucking get on it. Um, I don't. I think. I think I rented this on Google. <laughs> but I think it's it's everywhere. Like it's on Amazon, I, I, iTunes. Is iTunes still? Do they do it, movies still? Or is it, it just music? It's music. I think. I think it's just like Apple Play or something like that now. Okay. Well. I, I mean, still call it I, iTunes. Wherever you can rent movies, I think this is this is it's probably everywhere. available. Um, I don't think it's anywhere for free. I don't, I don't think, think it's on so. Any of the, the streaming services or anything um, that are monthly or anything, I think you're going to have to rent it. Right. But it's definitely worth the rent. I I bought it for like six bucks on Apple. So you bought it? Yeah, it was on sale. Like it was like one of the movies on sale at like the start of the year, so I bought it. Oh damn! I think it was like fourteen still on Google. Yeah, it was like it was that, and like they had like a bunch of series for on sale, so I grabbed a couple of those. And yeah, Merry Christmas yeah, to I, me. I, um, I thought about buying it because I was like, yeah, I'll 
Yeah, it's it's two ninety nine to rent on Google. Yeah, fourteen ninety nine to buy. Oh damn! Yeah, it was like which is six ninety nine to buy on Apple. Like a couple that's crazy ago. for a twenty five year old movie. Good lord, this was twenty five years ago. They know people like this, and they can still get. Well, they're still trying to make the budget back. I think. Really? Yeah, cause I don't think I think they broke even, and that was it. I I mean I think they've probably made it back by now because I all the horror fans that I know that I've talked to love this movie. Yeah, oh yeah, they probably they've had to. It only gives box office, it doesn't give DVD and streaming numbers, but yeah, you know, budget was sixty million, uh, and it only made forty two domestic and international at the box office. Huh. Salt mines were usually used to store movies in as they have a good dry humid climate to store footage in. Huh. I wouldn't think like you would think the salt would like oxidize it. Right. That's probably what happened to it. They probably didn't like store it properly and it got oxidized. Yeah. But how did it end up in Transylvania of all places? That is so weird because there's so many fucking salt mines like near California, like near Los Angeles. I mean, they're like literally like an hour and a half, two hours away. It's yeah, that's just it's. It's such a bizarre thing to happen to such an out there movie. Like it's just, it just fits, you know? Right. Anyway. Yeah. Go watch this movie. Uh, and, and let us know what you think. And you can do that by going to Apple podcasts, giving us five stars and then put your thoughts in, in a little text box. Or if you don't have any thoughts, don't, don't want to tell us your thoughts. You want to keep them to yourself. That's fine. Just put whatever you want in there. Put where we're going. We don't need eyes to see. Put uh, hell. Hell is just a word. The truth is much, much worse. Put um, put your favorite uh, Lawrence Fishburne role. Yeah, your or your favorite Sam Neill quote because that dude has done a lot of good things over the years. What's your favorite Lawrence Fishburne role? I like him as Morpheus a lot, but he's pretty good in this. He's also pretty decent in John Wick films. Cowboy Curtis, man. <laughs> I forgot about Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> anyway yeah uh and if you're not listening to apple Podcasts, if you're listening somewhere else then please just leave us a review five stars preferably uh and you can follow us on all the social networks we're on facebook twitter and instagram as cult of splat or you can follow me i'm on twitter and instagram as the taylor bartle kevin where do they follow you shit i don't even remember i've been so <laughs> off social media lately uh Niscoda, d-u-h on instagram and Niscoda at on post I don't know about I don't, I don't know if post is gonna make it man <laughs> I don't think so um the same three people post and that's all I see <laughs> yeah there's just not the they don't have the audience or the the user base I thought more people would end up coming over but like you had that initial rush and then it just flatlined yeah and all the like you don't you didn't get the big names that's the thing is right. you got to get you got to get brands honestly like you you yeah, Most of my follows saying. are like, you know, NBA teams and professional wrestlers. So like none of them went over. None I got to go them. where, right. I got to go where the people are as Ariel once said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just mostly journalists on posts. So that's kind of, yeah. Nice. Which, which makes sense. Like it's, yeah. it's great for that. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm on post too at Taylor Bartle. If you want to follow me there. Um, We'll see what the next big thing is and uh, if, if you can follow us there.
Yeah, we'll f- but, we'll figure it out eventually. Oh yeah, we're on TikTok too. It's called the Splat. Yeah. So go follow us, subscribe. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you for listening. Until we see you again, see ya.